0: The GameCube Was Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube Was Cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters for the month of March. Ira Bell, Dan Wagner, Jed Winters, Joey Sirico, Resident Evil Collector, Tristan Pantorato, Wilshire, White, Win Wolf, L., Kara Link, and Marty Thompson.
1: The GameCube GameCube, was cool, hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert.
0: Mike, thank you so much for joining me today. An exciting episode we're going to be talking about. Talking about the fantastic sport of golf, a game that I am terrible at, but something that I am actually pretty good at is mini-golf. Now, you and I are both from Toronto, and notoriously, there are no good mini-golf courses in Toronto. Why Why is that?
2: Yeah, it is notorious, and I'm really upset about it, as everyone should be. We should be campaigning for mini-golf courses everywhere in Toronto right now. But I, the, the issue, Neil, and this isn't just Toronto, this is in a lot of cities that are relatively north it's it's cold here six months of the year and you can't really play mini golf in the winter unfortunately also mini golf takes up a relative amount of land uh and i want to i want to specify we're talking about real kind of florida style mini golf not um not like a glow-in-the-dark mini putt because everywhere has that and obviously we have that too
0: exactly we do have glow-in-the-dark mini golf i don't want to disparage those courses because we we did go we had one near our neighborhood when we were growing up that i i must have gone to that one 10 15 times over the years at least once a year for several years and birthday parties and there's one uh, east of the city as well so they are around i know what you're saying but those are fine i'm talking about like good mini golf courses that have moving objects and water elements like i need to give a huge shout out here if we have any listeners in south carolina specifically myrtle beach you guys have some of the best mini Puck courses in the world my family and i used to take vacations there when we were kids and we did them all we did there were pirate themed ones there are like jurassic park themed ones like plane crash themed ones which seems hilarious <laughs> uh there was a peter pan themed one which was incredible it had an alligator that jumped out of the water wow like, These courses were amazing, dude. And, like, the water was colored blue. So, like, you felt like you were in Wind Waker in some of these mini-courses because everything was so, like, pastel and green and blue. It's incredible.
2: I think it's a States thing, too. Like, I think, like, the Mm -hmm. U.S. has just better mini-golf in general compared to other countries uh yeah. i mean if you live in you know other countries and have great mini golf courses please let us know but uh yeah mm-hmm. canada doesn't have a lot you know the, the the only really great ones i've gone to in my life have all been in the states in florida yep. they have a lot around walt disney world there's also one that i went to in vermont which is really really cool it's mm-hmm. um uh, how do I even describe it? It's like around the world is kind of what they call it. Oh, cool. And it's, you know, there's all these different, um, uh, like, you can play in the pyramids. You can play with this massive uh, uh, lumberjack who, like, represents Canada, I guess, who has his axe and he's kind of going down, you know. Nice. Uh, anything animatronic with oh, yeah. uh, with mini golf, like, is a must.
0: Dude, that's what South Carolina does so well. They had like this medieval one where it was uh it was like a giant castle that you go in and you go down to dungeons and you go to like the training facilities and everything and ab- above the castle was a dragon, like an animatronic dragon that blew fire.
2: Oh, that's so like, cool.
0: This this fire-breathing medieval this medieval course, it was incredible and uh a funny story about my dad here is every time my family and i went to do anything like extracurricular like going to we did a lot of snow tubing as kids mini golf bowling my dad got a kick out of telling young groups of kids that he was an olympic whatever it is that we were doing (laughs) like an olympic snow tuber and one one time at a mini puck course in myrtle beach he, he looked like we were on like the 17th hole or whatever it was and group of kids behind us they were doing whatever and he was like so uh i'm training for the olympics i'm actually an olympic mini golfer and the kids were like whoa really and he was like <laughs> yeah doesn't he shoot a hole in one in front of these kids wow they were blown they were like convinced that they met uh, an olympic uh, mini put- putter that day so that's a funny dad story for me i love that story i thought it was hilarious he just picked the ball up walked away acted like he was just like a normal thing he was really happy that's about badass it, yeah, it was really cool really funny story there But if you could open a mini putt course in Toronto, Mike, what would you go with? Like as a theme?
2: This is kind of a funny one. I would like to do just garbage. Like, (laughs) like just like, like basically like you're at the dump almost and or just like, you know, to reuse and recycle things. I think that would be really funny, right? Like just uh, the team who works at the mini golf course goes to the dump and just finds funny objects Broken CRTs. Uh, mm. You can, like, make a whole bunch of little themes based on just junk that people have thrown out that you can okay. repurpose. I think that would be cool. And, you know, a little eco-friendly as well.
0: I think that would be a really cool idea. It would be very, like, edgy these days with, like, plastic water bottles. And it would almost be like you're mini-golfing in Wally's Hangout from the movie Wally.
2: Exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> and, like you know, like, you can cut the water bottles in half to make, like, a ramp almost. Uh, cool. You can, there's just there's endless possibilities with the stuff that people threw out. So, Yeah. Mm.
0: That's a good. That's a good one. Mine is an easy one. I'd have to go with Scooby Doo, <laughs> or or some kind of a haunted house mini golf uh, hybrid, yes. if you will. But it has to be kind of fun, like like at Canada's Wonderland at the theme park near us. There's that indoor haunted house uh, ride thing where you're shooting like laser guns at things, something like that, where you're going through this. Kinda of haunted house, going upstairs, you're going into the, the, the bedrooms and the libraries and the, the dens and everything. The kitchen is kinda of creepy. If you need to have like actually two courses where one is like Scooby Doo for kids and then the other <laughs> one is like a Resident Evil course that's for like the teenagers and adults, I think that'd be sick.
2: That's a good idea. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, there aren't. There also aren't a lot of haunted houses in this area too. But that's for a whole other. Two <laughs> <topic>. other, but-
2: <laughs> other places have a lot of haunted houses. The ratio like, per capita. <laughs> Niagara
0: Falls has a bunch of haunted houses, and my brother loves going to them. So they do exist in touristy areas, but not around here. That's fair. Mike, I do have a video game-related question, though, for you. And I was thinking about this this morning while I was getting ready for my day. As I do, I like to think about these existential questions. Shower thoughts. Shower thoughts, indeed. If you could pick between playing... You have a choice between two video game libraries. You can only play every video game ever made from the start of video games up until the end of the GameCube's library. So 2007, 2008. Or you could play every game from the start of the GameCube's library to today. So you, either way, you get the entire GameCube library because I'm not... Good. I'm not crazy. You have to be able to have the GameCube library, but basically, you're picking everything pre GameCube or everything post GameCube. What would you go with?
2: I think I would. You know, the easy, the easy answer is to go with post GameCube uh, library, right? Because you have just all the new games that have come out, and I can play Dark Souls forever, but uh, <laughs> and I can play Breath of the Wild forever. Yeah. But I think my answer would actually be every like GameCube and everything pre that, and this this is why it's because in my mind. GameCube's graphics would still stay, this, stay the same as the pinnacle of graphics.
0: That's a good point.
2: Right? And, and every time I played a GameCube game, it would be like, yes, this is the best way to play this.
0: This is the peak of what video games can be is yeah. the GameCube. It all ended here. Yeah. That's interesting. That's an interesting point. See, I don't know where I would go. The only thing that I could think of was like, has there been a roller coaster tycoon game after the GameCube? Because I feel like I would <laughs> miss out on that specific. That was the one game that came to mind where if I went post GameCube, I'd be like, oh man, I can't play roller coaster tycoon i would miss super mario world on the snes which is my second favorite game of all time but man not having breath of the wild would be really tough and oh geez like i love the ps3 like i love the ps4 i even like the wii u and the switch it'd be like i feel like the more i think about it the more i have to go post gamecube like from 2001 up until 2022 uh man That'd be so hard giving up the N64, though, too. See, the more I think about it, the less I like this question. It's really hard.
2: Yeah, I don't like this question a lot, either. I'm sorry, Neil. (laughs) You know, you tried. This was good. But we do have a question from Patreon, which might be a little better.
0: We do. We do have a question on Patreon, Mike. Listeners, remember, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the GameCube is cool. We have our $1 and $5 a month tiers. Supporters at the $5 or above level get their names read in the credits and the option to submit an opening topic, just like Resident Evil Collector submitted a topic. Topic for us this week. This is very last minute. We're actually reading this on the podcast right now, so we're gonna we're doing it live. <laughs> Resident Evil collector wants to say, "What is your favorite Nintendo themed sports title? And what would your ideal sport slash lead character themed game would you like to see get made?"
2: Ooh, I like that. I like the second part of that question even better. Mm-hmm. He, he uses examples such as Zelda Tennis or Animal Crossing Olympics, etc. to just mm-hmm. you know get your mind going here. Um, well, just, just right off the bat, favorite Nintendo sports title for me is Super Mario Strikers. And that's why I'm so excited for the new one to come out because uh, it is just fantastic. Power Tennis is a close second, but nice. uh, Strikers is just so good. And ideal like sport lead character... Uh, just on the spot, it's got to be Waluigi. We need to give him some love mm-hmm. uh, it, because, you know, he does not have his lead game for anything. He's never had a standalone game. No. So I'm thinking Waluigi, European handball.
3: Ooh. I'm just going to go
2: full off the board wow. here. I've never seen a European handball game. No. Uh, so I would maybe in, in Europe, you might call it something different. Uh, in America, we call it European <laughs> handball and are in Canada as well. But uh, yeah, just because it's... It's a little wonky. It's just a strange game. Uh, I, I'd even go with Waluigi Squash.
0: Ooh, I think <laughs> Waluigi definitely, he definitely plays Squash. Dude. Yeah,
2: He's... Lanky, you know, I feel like Lanky people play Squash. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> Him and Lanky Kong. Yeah. Russian
2: crushing... <laughs> firing up the court actually yeah okay i'm changing my answer it's waluigi squash
0: waluigi squash great great answer mike i love that that is not a very common sport i would love to know the uh the the market for that game that's a great answer see for me i'm just like you mario strikers on gamecube is my favorite mario sports game i'm very excited for the switch title to come out later on this year uh right away my my first thought is if i'm just keeping it on the mario theme i would love something that we haven't seen yet is mario hockey
2: yeah, I yeah. I don't know
0: where that is. That just seems like an easy answer for a Canadian uh, like a Canadian market to go for. Like, hockey in North America is huge. I know why there hasn't been a Nintendo hockey game. It's because it's not big anywhere else in the world. So it makes sense. But if I had to pick a Nintendo franchise, let's go off the wall here. Where am I going with this? Robo. Shibirobu is a good <laughs> Cubivore. one. Cubivore. Ooh, Cubivore. Ooh, that's a good one. Dosh and the Giant. <laughs> Dosh and the Giant. Hmm. I got it now. Okay, so Pikmin, water polo.
2: That's a good one. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's already got the suit. Yeah. He's good. So yeah. you can whistle your Pikmin
0: around. You can have a hundred Pikmin on the, in the pool. I think it'd be a lot of fun. There's no water polo games out there.
2: I just got to give a shout out to anyone who plays water polo and not a hard sport, not inner two water polo, but real water polo. That yeah. is a hard sport that works every single muscle in your body uh and if you do it you are a god so uh yeah congratulations to you
0: that is a man's game like and, and the women too like and even women playing that game i can't understand like treading water is hard enough i can't imagine treading water while throwing a ball around and also like they kick each other under the water too like there's some dirty stuff going on oh there, there, is. there. and pikmin they can they can fight dirty so yeah. i think i think pikmin water polo or mario hockey are my two answers to that question
2: that's a great one i love pikmin water polo great answer
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Resident Evil Collector, for submitting that opening topic. And thank you for joining us back on the Resident Evil 4 episode that we did several months ago. Listeners, go back and check that out. But moving right along, Mike, to our other opening topic here that we have, it's time for the mailbag. Mailbag! Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to write into the show, you can correct us, you can leave us a review, you can share an interesting story that you had while you were listening to us, just like Mike threw it into us today.
2: On our Discord, Neil, we do have a Discord. Yes, you can find the link to the invite in our bio on Instagram. Uh, Sith Holy Check Blade Twenty Two, long name, <laughs> says thank you for calling us young. Um, when I say nice young men, so you're mm-hmm. welcome. Uh, let it be known that when I discovered this podcast last year, I attempted to play every game that was to be discussed in the upcoming episode for at least fifteen minutes. That lasted until episode six, Extreme Sports. (laughs) And at that point, I wanted to die.
0: Yeah. I think Extreme Sports was the episode that we decided... I think that was the last time we did 12 games in an episode, wasn't it?
2: No, it was Arcade Sports. That's when we did 20 and we were like, never again. (laughs) Yeah. I know. But yeah, yeah, Extreme Sports was, I think, 12 or 13 uh, and there were some bad games in there, like Dark yeah. Summit. There was the BMX XXX game, aggressive and... inline, which are fine games. They're
0: they're kind of they're cheesy nowadays. They're very corny to go back to.
2: Yeah, and so big props for attempting to play those games. You know, when we started playing the launch titles, playing Pikmin, playing Melee. That's that's you know that's easy. You can that. was, can the, honey do that. That that was honey the honeymoon period. That was the honeymoon. But I, I'm glad that uh, Sith uh, stuck around and has kept uh, sticking around and in, in supporting us since basically the beginning. So that's really cool to see.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for that. Is it Sith or Scythe? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm looking at the name right now. It's S Y T H.
2: I'm thinking Sith because their profile picture is a Tie Fighter
0: ah it's good point good point yeah. but it's a tie fighter with thomas the tank engine's face <laughs> oh my god it is
2: that's really is a, good
0: which is a great display photo discord is all about the display photos but good on you sith or scythe for trying to play all the games as you probably know at this point mike and i do not play every game that we review we do do a lot of research on each game but one star us one star us <laughs> one star us if i dare i dare you i dare you to leave that one star This episode is sponsored by Manscaped.com. Look, it's not easy to get your facial and body hair under control all the time. We can't all look as sharp as Pierce Brosnan in the classic James Bond game 007 Nightfire, but that's where Manscaped comes in. Manscaped is offering our listeners 20% off at checkout using the promo code GAMECUBE. Choose from an arsenal of body trimmers like the Lawnmower 4.0 for the big jobs, the Crop Shaver for your groin area, and they even have the Weed Whacker for your nose and ear hairs that you try to hide with the toque that you got as a pre order bonus back in 2007. It's getting warmer outside, and it's time for you to look your A game. I've been using the Crop Preserver after I'm done shaving down in my boxer region, and it has really kept things fresher than using the run of the mill bar soap. The Performance Package even comes with the Crop Reviver in case I need a quick scented boost midday. It's like a breath freshener for your balls. Level up from the store-bought soaps and deodorant you have been using since 8th grade and head on over to Manscaped.com using the promo code GameCube GameCube at checkout to save 20% on your order. That's promo code GameCube at Manscaped.com. Now, back to the podcast. So Mike, let's move right in now to episode 89 of the GameCube is Cool podcast, new episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 404 games. You can visit thegamecubescool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane.
2: And Tiger Woods helped a little bit.
0: And Tiger Woods and Waluigi in between squash <laughs> games. Last week, we talked about the Need for Speed games and a few other racers on the GameCube. We were joined by a bunch of our friends to share their memories of the franchise as well. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. This week, we're covering all the golf games on the GameCube to celebrate something cool that's happening in golf right now. I'm guessing. I don't know. No, it's this spring. Isn't...
2: Just, you know, the golf season. We're, we're almost the first day of spring. <laughs> green St. Yeah. Patrick's Day.
0: Okay. Yeah. Shout out to our Irish and Scottish listeners out there for this one, I suppose. I I do like golf. I love the idea of golf. I think more than anything.
2: As my dad always says, uh, and I I completely agree with him. Golf is very fun before and after. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's
0: the eighteen holes in between that's just a drag.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because it, it like it's the anticipation of going on the green, getting just getting some good fresh air and hanging out is uh, in a beautiful green space is very nice. Yeah. And then afterwards, uh, you know, just sitting in the clubhouse having some lunch having a beer it's it's uh, just a nice relaxing time afterwards and everyone can complain to each other about stuff because golf is is beautiful in the way that everyone sucks at it in some way and mm. everyone's going to have bad shots so you can kind of just complain to each other about each other's like misgivings almost. Yeah. Which is really nice and something that I always love doing cuz I love being able to just complain about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's good
0: you can constantly complain about the grounds crew, about the sun, about the weather, about something going on at work yeah. or whatever, you know, your phone rings or somebody's doing something. Yeah, golf's an interesting sport. It's something that I never could quite get into. My granddad, bless his soul, he definitely tried. My Irish grandfather, surprise, tried to get me into golf when I was a kid. He <laughs> used to take me and my brother to the driving range. So I actually got pretty good at that very briefly, but never much, never went much further beyond that, obviously. But, uh, but no, I did try and jump in on a couple of golf games. Every so often, a golf video game will, will catch my interest. And it's never a golf sim like the Tiger Woods PGA games or anything it's always the arcadey golf games because that's what makes golf fun is some arcadey elements like mario golf of course is the obvious one we've covered mario golf already obviously i'm a huge fan of that game and the one on switch was good too the one on 3ds is great so the mario golf games are really my main touchstone with with golf video games um i have a few others but mike maybe we'll we'll ping pong back and forth what was your first memory of a golf video game
2: my first memories of golf video games were actually in arcades and at bars or things like that. Uh, That's that's where I kind of learned to play these golf games because every bar for a long time had (laughs) these arcade machines, you know, these old arcade machines, and golf was always on them. Because golf is just like this very specific kind of game where it's really well done for... Or it can be really well done in video games, mostly because the barrier to entry to just golfing alone is quite high you know you have Mm to find a golf course you have to pay the expensive fee to play on the golf course you have to have clubs you have to know what the hell you're doing like (laughs) there's a (laughs) lot of barriers there so being able to play an 18 hole golf game in like 30 minutes on an arcade uh, cabinet is really really fun and then of course every arcade cabinet had this this white ball basically as the the way to shoot the and that's (laughs) just so much fun for a kid
0: Oh my God, dude. I would, I would play on that, that arcade cabinet without even putting money into it. Like just yeah. spinning the ball was, was fun. I would die to have the, the one thing I would love to own someday is a pinball machine. I think a close second is a golf machine like that, yeah. like a golf cabinet would be so cool. I had no idea who any of the characters were or any of the places were, even if they were based on real golfers or real, uh, real courses, now, Mike, you said that the barrier to entry is high for golfing. How long do you think it would take for the authorities to notice that I'm whacking golf balls off my condo roof?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, Neil? I don't know if you know this. This is just a sidebar. Oh, no, there's like there's a guy near where we grew up in in uh, in Toronto, uh, and there's like a industrial park kind of area. Uh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. And. I used that's where I learned to drive, and I would uh, my dad would take me around that industrial park uh, on Sundays because it's massive parking lots, right, Mm -hmm. for these big offices. And on the lawn of one of them, uh, one of these offices, it's huge, huge lawn. And every Sunday, uh, and still today, because I actually drove by it on a Sunday recently, there's there's this guy who just hits golf balls all day there. (laughs) And, I'll, and I remember my dad would always be like, how cheap are you? Like, honestly.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, like, going to golf, the, the driving range, it's not super cheap. Like, it, it's, it's not,
2: but, like, it, this guy's been doing it for, like, 20 years probably. Do you
0: think he gets his balls back? Like, do you think he goes out and gets them? Or do you think he just buys
2: new ones? No, no, he gets them. He gets because he, he mostly wow. does, like, chip shots and stuff. But he oh. brings a bucket of them. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It, some people are interesting Uh, i just think of the
0: episode of seinfeld where kramer gets like 400 (laughs) titleists and he hits them into the ocean and one of them goes into a whale like that's like gotta be top 10 seinfeld episodes oh just a
2: great monologue by george there too but terrific terrific
0: but yeah no arcade golf games are a great memory and what i don't know what it is about bars having a golf cabinet and a deer hunter cabinet it's always those two there's never anything else just those two
2: well my aunt owned a bar uh and that's what i remember is i when she would be working behind the counter or whatever uh i went and played the golf game and i was like i would play it for hours hours and hours and hours because i just i don't know something about golf and video games just really us uh, like i don't know connected with me in some way so i really mm-hmm. got into golf because of that i got the tiger woods games on gamecube i uh i love golf story the uh yes. the golf rpg that came to the nintendo switch a couple of years ago and um golf games in general just have a really you know storied past with uh with video games we talked about on the tennis episode how tennis uh games were some of the first games ever technically with even pong right in that way Mm -hmm. Uh, but golf would be a close second to first ever sports games on any kind of consoles one of the most famous ones famicom golf Mm -hmm. uh which is actually ended up being an easter egg on the switch i don't know if you knew about this neil No, But yeah, there is on the Switch firmware, I think uh, 4.0 update or something like that. They put an Easter egg of where you could uh, play the original uh, NES golf. uh, And that was to pay tribute to the game's original and sole programmer, who was uh, Satoru Iwata, the former president of Nintendo.
0: Wow, that's amazing. I love that. And and you're right. The NES was home to a lot of golf games. Golf Sims have a very niche audience and a hardcore audience too oh yeah we don't don't see as many golf games anymore like the switch has a lot of golf games on it most of them are the arcadey um mini putt games which i actually like to play i i got a pc mini golf game when i was a kid that you could make your own courses which was really cool yeah uh basically like a like a tony hawk pro skater course creator but for mini putt which was really fun you could go play on the courses you can set up a billion uh windmills you can put like a clown face on the course you can put hills and rivers and stuff it was really fun that was a really fun game but uh that's the type of game that i see nowadays on switch and i always i think i have one tagged on my favorites list just waiting for it to go on sale (laughs) one of the golf games i forget which one but the first ever golf video game is called computer golf exclamation point it was released in 1978 for the magnavox odyssey that's years after the sport was invented in the 15th century, so they had years to perfect that video <laughs> game. <laughs> I have no experience playing that game, obviously. I'm not a Magnavox Odyssey player, but uh, the idea of golf games have been around for now 44 years, so wow. uh, long history. Every console has a golf game, too. Like There hasn't been a console without one except for perhaps the Virtual Boy. I'm not sure. There's probably even one there. Um, but, uh, a a cool thing that I wanted to look up here was, uh, Gamer Rant has a top 10 best golf games of all time. This is based on Metacritic scores and it was published in 2020. I don't know if there's been any newer golf games since then that are better, but, uh, from, uh, lowest to highest, the top five, we have Tiger Woods PGA tour 2004, which we'll be talking about today. Yep. Mario golf on the N64, which we've talked about already. Tiger Woods PGA tour 2005, which we'll be talking about today. Let's Golf Two, which is an iOS game. Well, we won't be talking about that today because it's a mobile game. And the best game of all time, according to Gamerant and Metacritic, with a ninety-two, is Tiger Woods PGA 2003, which we'll also be talking about today. So three of the top five best golf games of all time are a on the GameCube and b Tiger Woods games that were all released in the two thousands.
2: Those those three, yeah, those three Tiger Woods games are really really good. Uh, and just Tiger Woods, you know, as a franchise, as a person. Uh, the franchise <laughs> started in 99 uh, with Tiger Woods PGA Golf Tour in 1999. Um, and Tiger made between six point two and $7 million a year uh, uh, for his 15 years at EA Sports, which is pretty wow. crazy for just being the cover athlete, really. Um, and the... Uh, that franchise, yeah, like I said, 15 years, stopped in 2013. They picked it up again in 2015 with uh, Rory uh, McIlroy as the, the cover athlete in 2015 and it didn't sell that well. And so EA kind of got out of the golf game a bit. And so now 2K has actually taken it over. Uh, cool. And there is a 2K22 uh, game on the Switch, which is actually a pretty good game. And now EA is actually going to make a new game. It keeps getting delayed, but they are making a EA-PGA Tour to come out. Supposed to be coming out in 2022. So we'll see a little bit of 2K versus EA once again here, Neil.
0: <laughs> Finally. It's been a while since we've had that uh, that matchup. But I, it's funny because I think of EA with Tiger Woods having his deal making 6 to $7 million a year. It's kind of cool how Activision had the same thing with Tony Hawk. Yeah. It's almost as if the Tony Hawk games and the Tiger Woods games, funnily enough, were like going head-to-head with being this annualized sports franchise with the same cover athlete on them year after year two completely different sports going after two completely different markets except for you i guess you played underground and you played tiger woods yeah which i find really interesting <laughs> i'm assuming that ea took a break from tiger woods being on the cover because of the controversy surrounding him in the they didn't actually no nope.
2: oh, really yeah that's that's that i know he but he he was on all of them uh it was wow. just because of just the I think a mutual ways, like they parted ways mutually, basically. I think the contract ah. came to an end. I know I thought it, 2009 was when he would have gotten kicked off it, of, but he did not. So Interesting. <laughs> did,
0: did, that, that's what you would think, but uh, yeah. good on him. I mean, he he has a bit of a checkered past, no doubt, but uh, we won't dwell on that too much today. But I think that's probably a good time now to uh, to dive into uh, the Tiger Woods games of the day. Mike, what do you think?
2: Yeah, let's do it, Neil. Let's bring on some guests to talk about these uh, clearly very critically acclaimed games all right sounds good so who's joining us first joining us today is friend of the show harrison and actually neil we have a little bio a little golf bio to read for him
0: that's right i did uh, i got i got creative and i made up some character bios so here's one for mr harrison tim Born on a vegan dairy farm, Harrison Tim picked up a pair of clubs at the age of three. He would practice hitting crab apples into his mom's pond until the age of 18 when his father signed him up for military college. While in school, Harrison took part in multiple tournaments, mainly Mario Kart, Guitar Hero, and Beyblade, until he was discharged in 2016 for undisclosed reasons. Today, he golfs after hours at the local driving range in order to avoid embarrassment in front of the local kids' day camps. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Sounds about right.
0: Yeah. You're doing all right out there. You're still golfing at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. The uh the crab apples uh was a real thing. I actually would hit crab apples into my pool in my backyard. So you weren't you weren't far off.
0: I would do the same thing. Mike, you might remember in our old house, we had that apple tree in the backyard that would like drop thousands of apples in a summer and we would hit them with like baseball bats, tennis rackets, <laughs> hockey sticks. Those, those things were everywhere. The wasps were fierce though.
2: Yeah. I, uh, I do remember doing that. That was, those were good times. Crab apples are meant to be hit. Like what else you're going to do with them, right? Oh,
0: they're na- they're nature's toy. No doubt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but Harrison, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about these golf games on the GameCube. But before we get into Tiger Woods PGA Tour, uh, i just I just want to ask you what's your first experience with golf games we talked earlier on this episode about how some of the earliest games ever for just video games in general were golf games so how what was your first golf video game
1: yeah my first golf video game actually wasn't on any console per se well i guess like not like a nintendo 64 or, or gamecube or anything it was actually golden Tee golf playing it on the arcade playing it at bars you know, when your parents are drinking and they're like, here, have some loonies and go do something. <laughs>
3: um,
1: I go play Golden Tee Golf. So that was actually my first uh, first experience with a golf game. And Golden Tee Golf is still popular um, these days. You can actually still partake in tournaments. Um, I think his name is Ryan Bourgeois. He's won it like three times, um, the most out of anyone. Um, but
2: if you look up Golden Tee Golf, uh, for, for listeners who don't know what Harrison's talking about, you will almost certainly recognize this game. It is definitely at, like, every bar ever, for some reason. <laughs> like, you always see this, uh, especially, like, some of these dive bars. They'll always have this this uh, this game there. I bet that most
0: people's first experience with a golf game is not one of the PGA Tiger Wood games. I bet it is that arcade cabinet or like a random like Tiger Electronics game that they got in a stocking one year or like a little PC game they got in a cereal box. I highly doubt... There's many, like, first game you got was
1: Tiger Woods, a, a real golf sim kind of game.
2: We'll find out when Friend of the Show Marty comes on.
1: <laughs> mm. Spoiler alert. It was funny. Um, in 2019, just before the pandemic, there's a local bar in my area that actually has a golden tea golf machine. And there, when I was playing, I saw there was, like, a place where you can insert a, a card. So I'm like, oh, you can insert, like, a credit card? No, it's your golden tea, like, membership card. And <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah, and so as i did i went online got myself a card and essentially you can like bring all like your your clothing all your clubs that you've unlocked through golden tea with you to different uh golden tea stations wow. so i actually you know loaded up on golf supplies and clothing and all that for my character and then i actually brought my card with me when i traveled for work and i went to a golden tea machine in Akron Ohio what? And was able to play with my Golden Tee character there in some Ah, guy bar in Akron.
2: Wow, that's a great story.
0: (laughs) Where did you get this card from, though? Do you have to order it online?
1: You just have to go to their website, goldenteagolf.com. What?
0: That's incredible. That's like, that's like the ultimate cross gen or like cross platform play. How is EA not being
1: able to do this?
0: Right? Like, how can you not do that? Like with, it's like taking your GameCube memory card from console to console, but taking it from arcade cabinets across the country. That's unbelievable.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's fantastic. It's, and you know what? Playing Golden Tee Golf when you were a kid was, was great, but you know, playing it when you can have a a couple beers and playing it its so much better, (laughs) just like real golf,
2: (laughs) which (laughs) that's absolutely right.
0: Uh, since 1998, we've seen about 23 PGA games in total, uh, most of which are endorsed by Tiger Woods. The most recent ones uh, were endorsed by Rory McIlroy. Um, McIlroy. Sorry. Oh, that was uh, close.
2: Yeah. No, nah, close enough. I'm
0: terrible with uh, athletes' names. It's it's. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a running gag. Uh, I got, it's, it's honestly not on purpose either. That's the funny part. <laughs> <of football. laughs> Uh, but Harrison, we brought you on to talk about all of the uh, PGA games, kind of the Tiger Woods series as a whole. Uh, so I guess I'll start off by reading uh, the stats for all the games, and then we'll get into the conversation at large. Love it. All right, sounds good. So Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2003 was released on October 29th, 2002, developed by EA Redwood Shores, published by EA Sports. This game is also on Xbox, Windows, PS2, and the Mac OS, rates a 9 out of 10, priced today at around $10. Then there was Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004, was released on September 22nd, 2003, developed again by EA Redwood Shores and published by EA. This game is also on Windows, PS2, Xbox, Game Boy Advance, and the Engage where everybody played it, rates oh, a 9 God. out of 10. It wouldn't be complete without a Tiger Woods game. Priced today at around $10, then we had Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005, released on September 20th, 2004. Again, EA Redwood Shores, published by EA Sports. It's also on Windows, Xbox, PS2, DS, PSP, Mac OS X. Rates a 9 out of 10. Priced today at around $10. And then finally, we have Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2006. Was released on September 20th, 2005. Developed by EA Redwood Shores, surprise, surprise, published by EA Sports. It's also on Windows, PS2, Xbox, PSP, and the 360. Rates an 8 out of 10, priced today at around $25. So the last game is two and a half times more expensive than the other games today, which has to be just a supply thing.
2: Yeah, because 2006, um, this is when the GameCube was basically on its way out, and people were buying it for the next generation. Specifically in this case, like you said, Neil, Xbox 360. And let's uh let's start let's go backwards a bit here. Let's start from 06 uh, because I wanted to mention that the Xbox 360 version actually only had six courses in it where the GameCube had 14 courses.
0: Now that must have been because they figured it's a new gen, it's connected to the internet. We can probably release it half done and then finish it later. Did they eventually go back and complete
2: everything? or nope, it was only ever six courses
0: wow i'm guessing people bought it just because it looked good and it was like a bit of a demo like a tech demo for the 360 then that would have been the only reason to buy it and i'm sure like graphically it obviously looked better than than the gamecube but that that sucks
2: yeah yeah <laughs> i was really surprised about that because the gamecube versions as uh you know i played a couple of these games and doing research the gamecube versions seemed to be the best Way to play it specifically because of the controller, and we'll get into that a little later. But, um, Harrison, you've played most of these Tiger Woods games. Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2006 had a small soundtrack on it, but it did have one particular
1: song, of course. It had Stand Up by the Dave Matthews Band. Nice. Um, one of the, I think the only song by Dave Matthews Band to be featured in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, I I love it. Great song. Um, I'm seeing them live this summer with my good buddy Brad. Hopefully they play it and I'm going to be like, oh, did you know the song is in... And PGA Tour, or uh, Tiger Quits, t- <laughs> PGA 2006, just going off. He's but... just holding
2: up his copy <laughs> of uh, the GameCube copies. Can you please sign this, Dave Matthews? You got a PGA
0: Tour 2006 t-shirt on, front row. Yeah, I'm
1: going to get him to sign it.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, sa- the soundtracks for the PGA Tour games, though, they're ridiculously good. I had no idea that these golf games had like a mix, just like all the other EA games, they had a good mix of rap, hip-hop, rock. Like Some of these games, like 2003, features saliva, Silver Chair, Twelve Stones, Jeez. and then 2004 had DMX. Brand new, uh, 2005 Outcast featuring Sleepy Brown. Uh, Harrison mentioned the Dave Matthews Band. Just a wild assortment of, uh, of of bands. Like the 2004 game, I believe starts off with the DMX song. Like it's a hype opening for a golf game. It's just such like a disparate. <laughs> like it's just such a random like tonal change when you go from this DMX song to just. You know, you're putting on the fairway. Like you hear birds chirping and and like <laughs> and crickets and stuff. It just doesn't match the game. It's not like Limp biscuits rolling going into a hockey game.
2: <laughs> DMX Party Up is the is the uh, track that Neil's talking about. Just oh my a, god! Just a, <laughs> it's just a, a great way to start off a golf game. <laughs> just
0: a banger. Everyone had that on their discman back in two thousand and
1: three. Honestly, when I'm up to drive and when I'm really golfing. I have that song going in my brain all the time, <laughs> just hoping I can just grip it and rip it, and hopefully the ball gets some air. And I'm listening to DMX in my brain to kind of get me in the zone. So I, I kind of get it, but yeah. But again, I, I expect it more in like a NHL hit style of game. But <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> so Harrison, what what are your memories of Tiger Woods PGA Tour as a whole?
1: Yeah. So growing up, I was definitely one of those you know, video game enthusiasts that also loved playing sports games. So I had all of Madden, you know, I had the NHL games as well, too. And, you know, I kind of went off to the PGA world as I started, you know, loving and liking golf. Growing up, I remember and I remember playing it and realizing that it was somewhat arcadey, but at the same time, it was also a good simulation of, of real golf. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't to the point where, you know, you could get, like, your 9-iron and head it over, like, 400 yards or anything <laughs> ridiculous like that. Or sink these, like, amazing uh, birdie putts or whatever. Like, there was some challenge aspect to it. But at the same time, it there was still the, you know, the campiness and, and the, the fun of of an arcade video game.
2: I mean, we just talked last week about... EA uh, more EA games five more the Need for Speed series, mm-hmm. which uh, basically took the exact same thing you're talking about, right There, Harrison, arcadiness mixed with the real life simulation. This was the era for it. This is how why these games uh, are still played today. Why they're considered kind of the the golden age of sims for racing and sports games.
1: Totally, and I think at the same time too, um, or what I definitely remember, like playing the game growing up was definitely, you know, creating your own player and and yeah. buying stuff from the pro shop and you know, kind of putting yourself in the game similar to how you would create a player in, in any sports game really or pretty much any game. You know, creating that avatar and making yourself the best player on the tour.
0: And actually like licensed products were in there too, like you could buy Titleist mm-hmm. gear and everything and and the menu system in this game holds up ridiculously well. Like I was watching gameplay of I think it was pga tour 2003 looking at the menu system like i can't really think of anything that would have made it better like the the hud looks really good it looks a little bit cluttered there's a lot going on when you start to factor in you know like wind direction and and like the clubs that you're using but i guess you have to have it there but like just like looking at how you uh, interact with the game holds up ridiculously well like 20 years later
2: yeah absolutely it's i mean even the graphics like we can just talk about the graphics too Mm-hmm. This this looks fantastic today. Even mm-hmm. now, I was playing two thousand five. We're gonna talk about two thousand five even more in depth later in the show. Uh, but just to quickly talk about it, I still own that game, and I was playing it. By the way, two thousand five is a two disc game. Can you think of any sports game no. that is two discs? No, nope, not at all. <laughs> that that alone basically should tell you, you know, how much memory is on these games. Like, there's a lot of assets that have to go in. To creating these uh, these courses because mm-hmm. they they do really really look nice and like Neil said earlier golf games like racing games are often to kind of show off the a console's uh, uh, power mm-hmm. uh, in terms of graphics especially you know its golf courses are probably some of the most pristine areas that you can think of uh, when yeah. it comes to video games so you really want to make it shine and I was really impressed going back to these games you know twenty years later almost. And thinking, wow, like this actually still looks good, and the players still look good. You know, Tiger Woods still looks like Tiger Woods in there. Like it's not (laughs) like a just a mess of blocks. Uh, uh, All the players look good. Uh, The courses, like I said, the uh, and the courses, you know, that's another thing that they're very specific, right? Uh, Golf courses to an average person can all look the same, but. To someone who's a seasoned golf veteran, or like someone who likes golf courses just in general, in the game, uh, you'll know all the nuances of a course, like a, like Augusta, for example, or TBC Sawgrass. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know what you're looking for. So as a developer, you really have to make sure that you draw inside the lines. You know, we talked about this on the last episode too, Neil, with uh, with Need for Speed. You were talking about how why. Uh, why EA didn't want to go, or why EA didn't go for, for real cities, they just made fake ones
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, for Need for Speed. And I said it was really just risk and money and time. Well, they went the opposite here, where all the courses, where most of the courses are real courses. Right. They have to be amazingly detailed. That has to be 18 holes for 14 courses, uh, sometimes more, that are are exactly, basically exactly what the course is in real life.
0: Right. And the issue with Need for Speed was that the sit- like real cities are not built for kart racing they're not built for drag racing and all that whereas real world, real world golf courses surprise surprise are made for fun golf <laughs> yeah uh, and yeah it's incredibly uh impressive how well they animated all of these courses they look beautiful especially during the day i love the courses like in full sun blue skies like the water reflection looks really good there's even like little details like when you take a drive the uh the tee comes up like like it does when you watch real golf uh, it's really cool. And then the the sound design as well is unbelievable. Like I was just yeah. I was just listening to golf being played this morning while I was making breakfast. <laughs> I was just listening to the game being played and like you hear birds chirping and crickets going. And then like after a while, it's like, is that a plane flying over? Like they just yeah. like they have little detail like that. Mm-hmm. It literally sounds like they just kind of set up a like an echo speaker in, in a golf course and just left it there for like a week and took all that sound and just put it into each course. Like each course feels alive.
1: And to even add like even more or... More to it, like the detail even goes down to like the player's swing as well too. Like if you look at something like, or if you look at someone like Jim Furyk, you know he always had like a quirky swing in real life, and then when you actually see him swing in the game, it's pretty identical to it. It's yeah, yeah, they went they went down to to the wire to the nitty gritty.
2: And it's so interesting because you know I like to compare golf to tennis a lot. Uh, They're very similar sports in the sense of of how they're played. You know, very individualistic. And, you know, you, we get these amazing golf games, uh, you know, for four years in a row, really, with great licensing, clearly just complete packages of golf. Uh, and then you look at tennis, who just could never figure it out. And I, I'm always really uh, interested by that, right? Like, tennis never really got it. Uh, and maybe that's because EA didn't uh, have a huge hand in making a lot of the tennis games. Because at this point, EA was a behemoth in terms of putting out good sports games. So that could have been one of the reasons.
0: Yeah, they could have made a really good tennis game. We only got, other than Mario Tennis, we had the women's tennis, uh, WTA Tennis, I believe it was
2: called. Yeah, that only had a couple players yeah. and, you know, wasn't licensed properly. And it just was kind of a mess. And and that oh, I always lament that because we could have had a, a cool one. But mm-hmm. I digress. Uh, golf games, this is what we're here for. Yeah, sound effects, like you said, Neil, absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk a little bit just about some of the details in each game. PGA or 2004, uh, I got to say, this is the first time you could really, really customize players. And as a kid, I, I don't know about you, Harrison, but I spent hours and hours on this customization program.
1: Oh, yeah. I spent so much time on it. Like, you could build, a, like, there's so much way to, like, build a, build a face, you know, build a person. You know, you would also try to like there's a full-fledged pro shop there with like so many items for sale. So you would also want to get like the best the best clubs like from like Callaway or or Ping or or Nike, right? So you'd spend a lot of time not only customizing yourself and your and your player but also your your bag and your clubs as well too. Mm-hmm.
0: And you can make your player, your avatar, like, huge. Like, you could not just the clothing and, like, the face, but also the body. Like, you can make yourself a seven-foot-tall, 400-pound, like, gorilla-looking person if you wanted to. It almost made it look like one of these WWF wrestling games from the N64 era, which character customization is it has gone a little too far these days. But, like, it's such an underrated, like, tool that games should really lean into a little bit more. Um it's just weird that it seems like that the only games that you can do that for now are like RPGs, like when you play a Dark Souls game or yeah. uh like like a Skyrim or something and then you just end up covering your character up in in full armor anyway, but in a golf game, you're out there on the course, everyone's watching you and there's just like you're just like this Peter Griffin looking character about to take a about <laughs> to take a swing. Uh yeah, the customization is unbelievable in this game, though for character design.
2: Yeah, as a kid as like a 12-year-old playing this, mm-hmm. uh this was amazing. The only time I had ever encountered this kind of customization before was i believe third age i think is you can yeah. it has a pretty in-depth customization uh feature but again, like you said neil it's an rpg that's kind of almost expected Right. Uh, at that point, where a golf game really it was not, but it makes it so much more fun. And it makes you feel like it makes, it makes you feel like Spider Man, it makes <laughs> you feel like you're in the game, uh, especially in, in a golf game that, again, very individualistic. It's it's you uh, and these career modes, too, and everything, which I played a ton of. Um, and, you know, I, wanted, I do want to give a little shout out here. Watch a great video by Tech Evolved, uh, who is a, a YouTuber on the YouTubes. And uh, he was talking about some fun little stuff it obviously said how the game looks amazing but um uh one thing that one easter egg that that he found was you can actually spot bigfoot what? on some of the courses and you can hear the loch ness monster on one of the uh the scottish courses that's so cool which i thought was really cool and uh one thing that i knew about but i forgot about until he mentioned it again was that there's this thing called caddy tips in all the tiger woods games or most of them at least and it's exactly what you think. It's the, you asking the caddy what you should do in this, uh, in this situation, the caddy will tell you what they should do. Uh, this comes from the Ask Madden feature that was mm-hmm. in all the uh, Madden games mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And what's really funny is that if you tr- if you do the same shot, like, you know, again and again, the caddy will start giving you different tips to almost throw you off. Oh, wow. And I love stuff like that, where it's not always this binary option, which is funny because EA has now gone back to that world of binary options if you think of like the NHL games mm-hmm. uh, in terms of penalties and all that stuff. But uh, at this point in their, in their life, uh, EA created this the caddy tips that weren't always right. And so you, if you were really an expert at the game, you kind of would know when the caddy was throwing you off.
0: That's unbelievable. I I would be so mad at something like that because I don't understand <laughs> golf. I don't know when to use different clubs. I just I just use drivers and putters and that's basically it. So Driver like, only. Driver, yeah. Dri- driver only, yeah. <laughs> golf driver only. That'd be so much fun to play. Uh, but yeah, that'd be so frustrating. I love that though because it, it just adds a little bit of human error which is definitely missing from sports games these days. It seems like everybody gets everything right every single time and it's not super fun. That's really cool.
1: And it kind of goes back to the whole balance of realism versus right. arcade yep. at the same time. And
0: yeah, no, that's really good. But but going back to character customization, Harrison, I got to ask you in all of the PGA games, is there like a main guy or like a a player that's like the, the character to unlock who's like overpowered or anything?
1: Well, my favorite golfer or one of my favorite golfers is was introduced in PGA Tour 04, and that was John Daly. (laughs) and i don't even like john daly for his golfing abilities like he was known to have one of the best drives or still has the best drives but just his character alone is is
2: he's basically happy gilmore
1: okay yeah he's
2: he's happy gilmore more or less yeah a lot more drinking and smoking
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, there's a, you want to read, you want to have some good reading material tonight, Neil, go read John Daly's Wikipedia, <laughs> go to controversies, that's great.
0: Is, is Bam Margera in, in any of these games? I feel like he needs to make a, a cameo. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But uh, there, there was never like a John Dowd character, was there? You'll remember like we talked about in the, Jim base, Dowd, yeah. Jim Dowd, sorry, in the baseball episode, since they couldn't put Barry Bonds in, in the MLB games, they, they made up a, like a fake character. Was there anybody like that in these games or did they pretty much get all the pros?
1: No, they made a bunch of, um, well, as the years progressed, they were able to get more like PGA pros in there. Mm -hmm. Again, it's all to do with like licensing and stuff. So at the very beginning, like there was only, I don't remember how many pros, I think there was like 15, but as soon as, you know, each game progressed and it got bigger and bigger, then you got more golfers in there. Um, by, you know, 2005, you were able to get, you know, Jack Nicklaus and and Ben Hogan, like these really old, like classic, like some of the greatest golfers of all time. That's cool. Um, they did have all these, um, you know, made up characters, I believe I forget their names, but yeah, that were like. Kind of camping, in a way, I think, if my memory serves me correct. But
2: it was almost like the EA big style. They they put okay. a little bit of that in there, but but very little, I would say. Like you had, I think they kind of knew that these games, the market was already saturated. You know, we have Outlaw Golf and Swingers Golf that we're we're gonna talk about uh, later. So they didn't EA didn't go too far with it, which is I think what helped make these games so good.
0: It would be cool to have a mode in there, though, where you get to play as, like, golfers that have long passed and golfers that are currently playing just to have, like, some matchups that would, like, never happen in real life. I think something like that would be... Well, really... that did
2: that did kind of exist uh, in two, uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2006. Great, great segue, Neil. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there was a historical <laughs> career legends mode, uh, which was really cool, and uh, I think you could play as like the older golfers but you can also play as just like random golfers in different times and what was really cool about it was how like the the outfits would change yes and that is like one of my favorite parts about these games uh is is being able to play in like you know Late 19th century Scotland Mm. uh, and having like the full kilt and everything on these old (laughs) courses. Like that, that was really cool.
0: Everybody's dressed like my grandfather from Belfast who always looked like he was about to go golfing, even though it was like, (laughs) it's Christmas morning, Granddad. Why the hell are you dressed like you're about to go play 18 holes? I don't get this. But going past PGA 2006, Harrison, did you continue playing golf games after the GameCube generation?
1: You know what? It wasn't for a while. Actually, shout out to Mike. Because he actually introduced this game to me and I am absolutely in love with it is Golf Story. Yes. Uh for the Nintendo Switch. I absolutely love that game. It's it's great. Yeah. It's probably and like I'll go play Golden Tee once in a while. Not as much <laughs> anymore due to the pandemic. But you know, once things start opening up and I can touch things again, then I'll definitely play some Golden Tea. But Golf Story has definitely, you know, been my my favorite game or one of my favorite games to to come out
0: a great 16-bit RPG golf game definitely and it's I love that in golf games is making them RPGs cartoony a little bit wacky mm-hmm. but like in terms of golf sims did you ever get into any of the uh the later Tiger Woods games or the most recent one I believe was in 2020
1: I think the closest thing was I've actually gone to real life golf simulators mm. and I actually play golf well I should say I attempt to play golf <laughs> Cool, but that's about it I haven't really dabbled into any of the newer games I left I left that nostalgia behind me with the Tiger Woods games.
2: That's fair. That's fair. Well, Harrison, we've had a great time having you on today. We really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the Tiger Woods golf games before we let you go?
1: Yeah, I really wish they made Dave Matthews an unlockable character (laughs) in Tiger Woods 06. And if not, Dave Matthews, uh, Lee Carvello. Lee Carvello's Mm -hmm. putting challenge,
2: the greatest golf
1: game ever made. (laughs) That's right. Hmm.
0: well Harrison thank you so much for coming on today it's been a ton of fun and we look forward to having you back on real soon for what are we having you back on for
2: I don't know something soon I'm sure
0: yeah well we'll see you soon <laughs> we're gonna see you this week actually we're going to a concert so that'll be a lot of fun
1: that's right I'll get to see everybody in person this will be exciting
0: wow can't wait can't wait
1: <laughs> all right thanks for having me friends
0: no problem buddy take care see you later what a nice
3: young
2: man What a nice young man! Thank you very much, Harrison, for coming on. As always, talking about a little bit of golf, a little bit of golden tea. That just that unlocks some memories for sure. My God, and I can't believe that. Like that's that's insane. The 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 porting over, bringing your clothes over. Like that's uh, unbelievable, unbelievable.
0: I want something like that, like, with air hockey. Like, imagine being able to save your stats with air hockey. Like, taking, like, okay, I beat this person at this Dave & Buster's on this day. Now I'm taking it to this Palladium with this person on this day. And you can almost have, like, rankings amongst your friends. I think you can make that a real thing, like, in arcades. Because there's not enough competitive... Like, there's not enough of a competitive market in all of those beautiful in-person games that you can play in arcades.
2: Yeah, I I need a competitive scene for air hockey.
0: I do, too. I would love that. Contact air hockey needs to become a thing. But, uh... Until then, we're just going to have to keep playing our golf games separately, like Harrison does. Uh, But uh, before we do talk about some more golf games, Mike, I think we have another caller joining us today.
2: That's right, Neil. And joining us today is friend of the show, Marty. And uh, before we get into his topic of the day, Neil, you have a little bio for him as well. I do, Mike. The PGA Tour did send me Marty's bio, so I will read it
0: right now. Marty spends all of his free time trespassing on private golf clubs to steal plants and patches of grass in order, to, in order to improve his home garden. He recently traveled to the United Kingdom looking for the perfect shrub to plant next to his front door. Every morning he wakes up at 4 a.m. to blend into the shadows while the park sprinklers are still on in order to avoid being seen by security cameras. He is the proud owner of six hole markers and three golf carts.
3: I'm still <laughs> waiting for the perfect patch of Kentucky bluegrass one day I'll find it
0: that's a great that's a great grass dude I hope you do find it I hope you do
3: it's just the only like the issue is obviously so valuable here because it's just so good in cold climates you really gotta right. go really gotta go searching in, in some of those warmer temperatures was that what is
0: that what is that <laughs> literally it's just that I watched so many golfer bios in the last couple like days researching for this podcast so I just thought it'd be funny to make bios for all of our guests today And I've been been watching you at night, Marty. I know that you get up really early and steal things from golf courses. I don't blame you. They're lovely
3: kept playgrounds. Yeah, really tough day for the for the P.I. to be like, oh, yeah, we're finally going to get him. It's like all he does is just trespass on golf courses. (laughs) He doesn't really interact with people. (laughs) It's funny because like my
0: my mom's aunt and uncle snuck onto a golf course. That's where I got this idea from. They snuck onto a golf course in Ireland and scattered my granddad's ashes there. I won't say which golf course it is because it's illegal.
3: Uh, (laughs) But
0: uh, yeah, it was freaking hilarious to picture two people in their 70s uh, sneaking onto a golf course to do that. That's so cool. But I digress. I am very highly influenced by uh, commentators, specifically the PGA games. The commentators in these games are absolutely terrific.
3: Yes. The commentators in golf games, they're always good. And you know they're good because you get those Twitter videos of someone like, hey, I just I just voiced like... Uh, like Lionel Messi scoring this like wonder goal with, uh, with like a golf <laughs> announcer, like whispering into the mic. And, stuff. <laughs> and it is super funny if people like, there's, I'm sure there's YouTube comps to them. They're, they are genuinely very, very funny. You also, you also have to remember for the commentators, they're often like there.
1: Yes. Like they're like, right. they'll be
3: like up in, like they'll be up on some scaffolding. So like, it gets so deathly quiet that of course you don't want to be like even talking, which just right. makes it so funny. You
2: just have to talk like this in a lovely little shot here by Marty and he, and he's stealing a plant. That's a, that's a great point. <laughs> low,
3: low key. All of the boomers that watch golf. They're actually just into ASMR and they don't know it yet. Easily, easily. Golf is just an ASMR.
0: It's an in for ASMR for for boomers. (laughs) But no, I was just, I'm just really impressed by like how much variety there is in these games. Like the commentators had a line for almost every single golfer on every single hole on every single course, depending on how many yards they are away from the hole. Like, I was just like, holy crap. Like there's very little overlap with what these, what, what these guys are saying and I can't imagine how many days or weeks it took. Like, we talked with an actual announcer who did the voice acting for the NHL games. I feel like the golf games, the scripts had to have been bigger than those hockey games.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, like way, I'd say bigger than most sports games um, yeah. that I've that I played, at least. Yeah, because going back this week, playing Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005, there was just a lot more commentating that I remembered, uh, especially if I compared it to the NHL or Madden games of the time, like... Uh, which especially John Madden having kind of the same like four things he would say over and over again. Uh, These guys who were, you know, the actual commentators, I believe on NBC. uh, I think that's where they got these guys from. It was it was fantastic. And, you know, job well done for EA on that one.
0: Definitely. Like they really keep you in the game. And it's it just adds to what we talked about with Harrison, with the graphics of the games, the the environmental sounds and then the announcers. It just makes it a complete package, really brings you into the game but uh marty we brought you on today to talk about tiger woods pga tour 2005 what was it about this game back in the day that brought you on
3: i had played uh some earlier versions of tiger woods on like my family pc i think like 99 i would just usually play the uh like the mini game or like the, uh, the practice uh, sort of driving range thing. And I would just try to hit the, uh, the like the golf cart that would just move left to right on the screen. <laughs> but when you did hit it, it did actually make a sound and he like fell over and stuff. I was like sick. Yeah. Um, but then when you, yeah, I don't know. 2005 seemed to be, obviously was a really good year for, for EA sports. Like I know Mike and I understand that like these really, these like two or three windows were like a real pocket for all of these games. And it was the same for 2005. Like I remember playing it at a friend's house and it was, like it was just like it was just that good, and ended up picking it up. And yeah, it had so many features, as you mentioned already, the commentary. But like just the magnitude of the number of courses you can play um and then uh there's there's obviously some sick tunes that i know mike is privy to we can talk about those sick tunes many 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 (laughs) music tracks in this many music tracks um and the custom like the customization like it had very much like actually the new the new 2k golf game that's quite popular right now has a lot of those same features like when i play that mike i really do think of like oh yeah like of course you can buy like a ping hat because you could do that in 2005 (laughs) and that was really the first time that that made any sense to me, right?
2: Well, I wanted to talk... Like, you... Great point there with, like, buying these... The merch, basically. Because I wanted to talk that this was my first time really ever having to deal with money in video games. or um, mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, like, every game we had played beforehand was often... Just like point values, or it didn't feel like real money, but coins and Mario, yeah, coins and Mario, all kinds of stuff like that. But this was this felt like real money, this felt like I was actually buying stuff. And you know, this is like uh, good on the marketers here for getting kids hooked on microtransactions
3: early. (laughs) (laughs) This is this is EA Sports, like, first first foray into this was actually like trying to get enough coins to buy like arnold palmer or whatever
0: and and golf is one of those few sports though that just going like to the money part like i feel like golf is one of the few sports where that you associate so highly with money like every time you see a mm-hmm. champ winning a tour you see them with the giant check like that's a it's a gag in happy gilmore when he wins <laughs> the tournaments and his car is just jam-packed with all these giant checks that he can't even like drive home it's hilarious so it mm-hmm. does make sense that this would be the sport to kind of tie in making money when you win well, and it's so and much for the outfits
2: too.
3: Exactly. Oh, Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you could also—I mean, this game—you should also mention—you could unlock a bunch of um, a bunch of former pros, like obviously the the Golden Bear, which is uh, Jack Nicholas, uh, and a couple others. I mean, I I really didn't unlock them or care about them because I don't even remember their names. Um, but you could unlock them, and you could also unlock very funly—you can unlock a Sunday Tiger as in Sunday Tiger Woods, which was obviously just Tiger Woods with better stats and a red shirt and black slacks and black hat, which is like, amazing. It was such, like, you're like, that's, like, it's just so cool. Because if you watch golf, you're like, hell yeah, dude. I'm playing Sunday yeah. Tiger right now. I'm going to win. <laughs>
0: and who was your main, like, you would play with? Did you have a favorite character?
3: Or did you create your own? Uh, Bob Burnquist. No. Um, I, think, I think my main was, I think my main would, I remember, oh, no something the third there was a golfer davis love davis love the third that's right oh, i used to play because so I, th- I thought that's that was name. like the, that's a dumb name but also i i had an affinity for Vijay singh because he's from fiji and i'm like that's hilarious and he was actually quite good like he yeah. won some majors if i'm not mistaken so yeah joking. those are usually my two mains and then obviously bob perquist if i if i really if i was trying to get like a grinding feed be... <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: He can land a wicked kick flip and he can drive a ball 400 yards.
2: <laughs> uh, I, of course, was always John Daly because you know everyone loves John Daly. It is mm-hmm. he's done nothing wrong in his entire life?
3: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you if you go to the store and you buy an Arnold Palmer, uh, this is one for all the children out there. I'm going to condone underage drinking. You can go you can go and buy an Arizona uh, Arizona Arnold Palmer, but if you put like a little bit of something special in there. Then it becomes a John Daly. Just a little (laughs) hack for your kids (laughs)
2: at home. That is a fantastic hack that I wish you could have had in Tiger Woods pga tour 2005 just imagine being drunk on the course and, <laughs> and the game just like the camera wobbling
3: or if you're john daly like you're super dialed you're like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah don't forget to have a cigarette and you have a cigarette and you're like can really hit it hard for that like five minutes or whatever instead
0: of your caddy like giving you tips on what club to use he's giving you tips on what drink to have next <laughs> to like really hone in your uh, your vision if you wanted to do that That's really speaking
2: funny. of vision this was the first game and the only game that had tiger vision uh, which was a really cool way uh, you basically used it for putts I'm not sure if you could use it for anything else I just remember using it for putts and mm-hmm. it, it was a cool way to like because putting in in video games is always a tough thing right do you give the player just a, an automatic win you know just get like give them the putt basically show what the true trajectory of the ball is going to be or do you not give them anything and just give them the train and that's kind of always the problem with Um, realistic golf games and so they had the tiger vision was which would kind of was like a hybrid almost in between that would give you like the lay of the land probably what you should do but you know you're not going to get it every single time
3: Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean okay Uh, i have to mention hot shots golf because that's another game from this era that had something very similar although the, the gameplay was slightly different but you really did need it because the and still when i go back and play hot shots golf usually with with Victor, of course, who was on who was on the show uh, last week. When we go back and play it, that's really the one thing that you, you're kind of like looking at it being like, oh yeah, I need to sink like 10 hours into this straight before I can feel comfortable doing it. Because <laughs> yeah. it really is like, I, it, you're kind of like thinking about that mechanic being like, it would be really hard to mitigate that. And I don't know, I haven't played too much of the new 2K games, but it seems like that's very much still something that uh, golf games will struggle with.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. And speaking of the new 2K games, I wanted to just touch on this uh, a second, Marty, because I, I know you want to talk about this as well. Uh, the new 2K games are made by a little studio in Nova Scotia. Is that correct?
3: That's correct. Shout out to Rural uh, Nova Scotia. They finally got one. <laughs> folks, Folks, we can have one. Um, yeah, if I, is, is it is it Lunenburg? I should know this, actually. I why am I blanking on this?
0: Yeah, you got it. Lu- Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. I, when I first heard Lunenburg, I was like, "Okay, Germany." But no, it's in right here in Canada. They have a history of developing like NHL games, FIFA games. Rugby is where they got their start. Rugby and cricket were their first main games for the first five years that they were around.
2: Games when that aren't start... even in uh, North America, by the way.
0: Yeah, and they were only released on PlayStation, Xbox, and and PC. They eventually started to do a couple of NHL games uh, for various consoles, but uh, their latest game was PGA Tour 2K21, which was released two years ago, back in 2020, for a bunch of consoles, including the Nintendo Switch.
3: Would love to have a bit of an inside track on just, you know, if you're going to, for example, if you're going to recruit, I know we had something actually very similar, we talked about Need for Speed, but recruiting people to go work in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Very interestingly, how do you recruit nerds sorry nerds (laughs) to go live like to go live like you're because you you are a drive to Halifax it's not that far but like it really is like it's certainly a, a different like certainly off the beaten beaten path for people in this profession.
2: It's yeah, it's pretty cool to to have this this game studio that is clearly quite successful and now bought by 2K, so they are a subsidiary of 2K as of last year. Um town of 2000 people and there is a a relatively big game studio there. So yeah, just want to want to give a little shout out to them
3: there seems to be a resurgence with specifically this 2k game that's been produced yeah. because mm-hmm. you, you know, we're, we can talk about Tiger Woods PJ tour 2005 and had it had a ton of courses. I don't know exactly how many, but they were like 14. a lot of them 14. They were all unlocked off the hop. Like that's like, that's a big part, obviously to playing these early games, but like, that's the thing, man, like you can play this 2k game and stream literally stream any course that people have created real or fake. Yeah, like cool. you could play essentially like thousands of real courses. Probably. And then most of them are obviously fake. You can play the fun ones that are also cool, but like that, like that really changes it just for like the, 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 to making the gameplay more dynamic. And then also, you know, the customizational sort of aspect. And as Mike pointed out, the microtransactions is probably what's (laughs) going to push this thing a little bit further down the road. Right.
2: Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, the devs even talked when they did the 2k game, they talked about how they were inspired by this generation of tiger woods games, and the, you know, we talked earlier about how the games kind of died out. EA is making their own golf game to uh, compete against 2K once again. Uh, and it's it's interesting how that kind of works, right? Where like EA just kind of oversaturated the market, made too many games. Uh, Rory McIlroy sponsored it and that was it. And then you have uh, 2K kind of picking up where EA left off. And taking what they did and making it better, mainly the course creator was the big one for sure. And it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I'd like to see a little rivalry in golf games again.
0: I'd like to see Mm -hmm. rivalry in sports games generally. Yes. Like, I I think EA needs to be opposed with, or needs to be confronted on what they make every year and not just come out and be the only FIFA, the only Madden, the only Golf uh i'd love to see an option for two different sports games at the same time we're starting to get that now with baseball funnily enough hb studios also make the rbi baseball games so now that the show is going to be on everything i doubt that they're going to be making those games for much longer <laughs> uh but uh yeah that's a good point yeah.
3: rip. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah that's uh i think that is good for 2005 marty is there anything else you'd like to say about uh tiger woods and just these games in general before we let you go
3: well, there is actually one more thing, guys. I need to... I'm trying to set up a watch together to so we can all watch the uh, 2005 intro for GameCube. Mike, do you know what I'm referring to?
2: Uh, is it with the Outcast song? I like the way you move because that song is played constantly throughout that game.
3: Shockingly, it's not. So what really jogged my memory on this was that this went viral not too long ago. It's, it's very funny. It's okay. just like... I don't know how to describe it. It's... It's... Uh, it's, some, it's like, an anim, like a character animator guy just being like, I can do as much as I can in one day, basically.
0: Okay, so that segment is not going to be super fun to listen to for a podcast listener. So we're going to go ahead and make a video of us reacting to that video and put it up on our Patreon as well as on Discord. So if you follow us on either of those two things, you can check out that video.
2: Please, uh, yeah, join Discord, check it out, and you can see a really funny 2005 video with us
3: reacting to it. <laughs> So yeah, that just again as I don't know which one of you mentioned it because it's really just really just a blur watching that. Uh does not match that game whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know why that's there. Yeah, Outlaw Golf potentially or or uh, Hot Shots obviously trying to answer to that, some of that. Yeah, I feel like what happened here is
2: the game was built, like it was done, and someone in marketing just decided to uh say hey you know we want to try and compete with these edgy golf games that are out can we make an opening and so we can use this as a trailer like i'm pretty sure that's what happened
0: and it was the ea brand in the 2000s they did this with all of their sports games they wanted to keep it going with the golf games i think it's good like it, it makes it tried. they tried to inject some fun into the game not that golf is not fun they tried to inject some <laughs> like i don't know some of the new blood into the into the game i suppose you can but, be uh, honest
2: i mean it, it would have been cooler at the time than it is now. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a little cringy now looking back on it. But at the time, it made sense. Before a sports game, you need to have a hype opening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, where was Roland? Marty? Where,
3: no. where, Where's where Limp Biscuits? Rolling? rolling? It should be everywhere. Go your hands up. Go your way. People are probably sick and tired listening to that after two times. That's
2: it. That's it. If you you haven't gotten a chance, definitely go back and check out that that video, just Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005 opening. It is definitely an interesting one. And honestly, check out the game. It's a great game. Two discs, Marty. Two discs on the GameCube.
3: Hmm. Two discs on GameCube because there's so many dang courses. So many just dang like courses. RE4. Got to need two discs for it.
0: But uh, <laughs> Marty, thank you so much for coming on today. We really enjoyed having you uh, join us to talk about some golf games. We'll have you back on again real soon. I think we have another sports episode coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, so until then, we will we will talk to you soon.
3: Great. Sounds good. Mike, uh, which game is
2: that? I don't know.
0: Okay,
3: cool. I'll be there. Just, just It's, one, like, okay, a, just one, it's yeah. like
2: extreme
0: sports Oh, or yeah,
3: something. extreme
2: sports. I think that's in the summer. That's in the summer now. So we got time. Yeah. That's like weeks for me. Yeah. <laughs> Take care, buddy. See you later. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you very much Marty for coming on today as always talking about Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005, Tiger Woods in general and then golf games in general obviously too. Uh, this game is probably my favorite. I I love 2005. Uh it's 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 got everything in it. Uh I especially it just he kind of unlocked a memory for me that I didn't talk about I remember trying so hard to get the Callaway and Cleveland golf clubs because those were the more expensive ones. And I'm not sure if they actually made that much of a difference in the game. But it's funny how like what an impact it had on me as a kid for Brands. You know, and making sure it's like, I need these brands. I need the ping uh, golf club or golf bags. I need the Callaway driver. I need the Cleveland, Cleveland golf putter. Like it was, um, it was pretty interesting in that way that EA was like, honestly able to exploit minds like ours. I was going to say, it sounds a
0: little like predatory to a point. Like you're like kind of teaching these kids about. Like, just really wanting golf clubs to make them make you think you're going to play better, even though I'm sure that there's a lot of studies that, you know, show that it doesn't really matter what clubs you're using as long as your clubs aren't bashed in and cracked.
2: Well, you know what it reminded me of was Cabela's. Yeah. And those games, how, you know, it's really just about the shop.
0: Right. Yeah, like, it was kind of interesting that these games weren't, like, tied in with Golf Town or something, like some kind of yeah. a store. I think that would have been really funny because, like, a lot of people around here do, like, Golf Town is the place you go to for... For all of your golfing needs, go to Golf Town. Uh, it would have been funny to have like a PGA Tour game at the checkout. Uh, it would have been really interesting. I could definitely see that type of a tie-in. But it's it's neat how, like we talked about last week in the Need for Speed games, like the car brands in those games, how golf brands in these games seem just as important as they were in those old games. But yeah, I'm sure that it probably didn't make a huge difference what clubs you were using in, in, uh, in the PGA games. But Mike, for now, let's read the back of the cases. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it, Neil. Victor, hit us with that sweet jingle. It's
1: time to read what's on the back of the case! There's things written on the back of the case, let's read them! And now we're reading the back of the case. Be
0: Him or Beat Him Features, elite and unique golfers and courses The most PGA Tour pros to date and 12 original characters, plus 9 PGA Tour courses and 3 incredible fantasy courses. All new worldwide leaderboard. Check your rankings online and compare your game against golfers from around the world. You can even see how you stack up against the real Tiger Woods. It's interesting that they say check your stats online. This is the this is the GameCube case.
2: Yeah, it's because like, you know, you could, this is what you would do back in the day, right? Like you would just compare your scores literally like people would submit. You know, it's like I got 5, uh, Okay, 000. I guess
0: you'd go to ea.games.com as stated on the back of the case, but a few more points here, play for fun, play under pressure, swing away in six mini games and new EA Sports tracks, of course, all of those hot new releases from bands like Saliva. I have a soft spot for Saliva. They they get a lot of shit. they got a lot of crap, and it's funny. <laughs> Moving on now to Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004. Can you beat me? Step up to golf's ultimate challenge. More PGA Tour pros. Dominate the world. Get your game face on. That's, of course, the game face mode that we talked about with Harrison. More ways to play. Lots of points there on the back of a standard EA Games case. Loving that. Moving on to Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2005. Challenge Tiger Woods on your terms. Eight new courses to conquer. Put on your best EA Sports game face. Tiger-proof your course. Take on legends like Jack Nicklaus or Jack Nicholson. Do you think Jack Nicholson ever showed up to any of these games? Just a couple. I would, I would like to think so. In, in his Joker outfit, of course. <laughs> and finally, we have our last one here, which is Tiger Woods PGA Tour 06. Call out your rivals. Become the number one golfer of all time. New dual analog swinging and putting. Call your shots. And that's it for the back of the cases of the Tiger Woods PGA games.
2: Very nice, great games all around. Um, a great series, honestly. This was the peak, the golden era, as we've said, and we will recommend some games at the end of the episode. But Neil, we have two more games to cover, and these are both very arcadey games. We talked about the realism versus the arcadiness in these games. Well, these ones are just full arcade.
0: That's right. Let's start first with Swingers Golf, which was released on October 23rd, 2002. It's also known as Ace Golf if you live in Europe. It's developed by Telenet Japan, published by IDOS Interactive. That's correct. The studio that brought you <laughs> Tomb Raider, Hitman, and Deus Ex also brought you Swingers Golf <laughs> under their label Fresh Games, which is no longer a thing. I want to talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, this is a GameCube exclusive game, rates a 7 out of 10, priced today at 15 $15. Now let's talk really quick about this Fresh Games under the under the idos Interactive umbrella. Uh, this studio was created to bring Japanese-only games over to North America. None of the games they released were any real success. There was one game that was released on PS2 that's a bit of a cult classic. Um, they published five games in total, one of which was a GameCube exclusive, Swingers Golf, and then four others on the PS2. So they published Swingers Golf, Mad Maestro, Mr. Mosquito, which is a pretty popular PS2 hidden gem, mm-hmm. uh, Lagaya 2, Dual Saga, and R-Type Final. Uh, other than Mr. Mosquito and Swingers Golf, I've literally heard of none of those games.
2: <laughs> yeah, me neither, me neither. Uh, Swingers Golf, I have seen that, I think, at every single game store I've ever been to in my life. My God, yeah. that is uh, everywhere. They clearly tried to make a ton of copies and it didn't sell that well because never nothing came out after it. Uh, of course, was a very early... Uh, game for the gamecube and i want to point out the release dates in north america we got swingers golf october 23rd 2002 we got tiger woods pga tour 2003 october 27th 2002 and then outlaw golf which we'll talk about right after this one at october 29th 2002 uh within six days of each other neil six days
0: did nobody on nintendo's (laughs) marketing team like sit these three companies down and say like look you guys have to move like two of you guys have to move why three golf games in end of October the golf season at least in Canada is in North America is winding down like like put one out in October put one out in April March April and then put another one out in like July August like
2: spread these out what were they doing yeah, especially when you have an uh exclusive like swingers golf like that yeah. that doesn't make any sense to me why you would try and compete with both Tiger Woods and outlaw golf like what a I know cannibalization of your market
0: well, I'll tell you what would have saved Swingers Golf. You said that this game was, was a failure, it's everywhere, and uh, like nothing came after it. But to me, this game would have done a lot better with motion controls. And yeah. this game is basically Wii Sports Golf.
2: Yep. Yeah, it basically is. Without the
0: Mies. Like Looking at it, it looks like a Wii Sports game. It's very colorful. Colors are all very saturated. The characters are all very you know, they look very friendly. They're very basic, very simple. But the music for me is like, this
2: is basically like a demo for the
0: Wii Sports music.
2: That's what it felt like. And honestly, like maybe they took some of this. Who knows? I think they did. Uh, It's definitely very Japanese for one, which I thought was interesting. I don't think I've ever played a a golf game that seemed like it took place in Japan. Uh, That was like a little bit of a cool, different uh, thing to have. You know, there's a course where Mount Fiji, is in the background the whole time like that was really neat i like that and this game is actually you know it feels ar- or like it it's advertised as arcadey and of course yeah. the box art and everything too and even the game looking at the the characters but the gameplay honestly isn't that arcadey uh no. for the most part it's a relatively realistic sim it just doesn't do anything well or like it doesn't do every anything like really good to warrant a purchase
0: no it's kind of like a gap between mario golf and the tiger woods series yeah like if you're really starved for golf games and you've played tiger woods and you've played mario golf like and you can't find ribbit king or something like maybe (laughs) this is the game that you want to play in between those ones because it it doesn't quite look realistic and it doesn't quite look like a mario game it's kind of really hard to explain uh but just looking at the back of the case now uh there's one character in particular that's huge she's a female character uh, looks a bit like a thirty-year-old Misty from Pokemon. Red hair, <laughs> huge boobs. Uh, this is like an oversexualized game. It's kind of hard to describe or imagine like what they were going for here. Like it's almost as if that they were trying to be, like I get the titles for Outlaw Golf and Swingers Golf mixed up all the time because I feel like that this should be the Outlaw Golf just because of the like the art around this game. Like on the front, you've got this kind of jack dude. He looks like a biker. He's like a three hundred pound steroided guy. <laughs> uh, there's uh, this kind of chick character with the big boobs and the army fatigues. Like this one looks kind of like it's supposed to be the outlaw golf of characters that are kind of like the anti culture of golf, just there to kind of have like a uh, like drive their Harley Davidsons up and like make a <laughs> make a mess of the course, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I could see. I mean, outlaw golf has a bit of that too, but we'll get to that. Um, swingers Golf with the Z, of course, you know. Of course, looking all cool in 2002, uh, <laughs> and yeah, the game, like I said, doesn't do anything perfectly. Uh, it does everything okay. I
0: mean, I think I can say that like the graphics are pretty good. Like the game yeah. looks really good, actually. Like I think most golf games on in this generation were good. They had that, like I said, that saturated color look. It looks a bit like a Sega game. Like I, yep. I love the look of some of the games that Sega were making. So I can probably say that the the graphics and the music are really good. But like whether or not this is the the ultimate golf experience on the GameCube, I don't think it, it is anywhere close to that.
3: Yep,
2: that's that's perfect. That's Yep, you did yep. it.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. So let's hit the back of the case for Swingers Golf and we'll move on to the final game of the day, Outlaw Golf. Fresh Games has scored a hole-in-one. Nintendo Power said that. Fast-paced <laughs> golf action for one to four players. Party Games, closest to the pin, par three course. Six championship courses with diverse terrain. 14 offbeat golfers and six loudmouth caddies.
2: Yeah, very similar to Outlaw Golf. Uh, You'll Mm. see that with the caddies too. And why do all the characters look like Digimon characters? (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's true. Yeah, they do look a bit like
0: Digimon. I don't know what's going on. They're kind of terrifying by today's standards. Uh, This game does not age super well.
2: (laughs) No, no. But another game that doesn't age very well is Outlaw Golf. And of course, we know when it was released, October 29th, uh, Mm. uh, 2002. That's right. October 29th, 2002, developed by Hypnotics,
0: published by Simon & Schuster Interactive. We talked about them a while ago. I can't remember why. Uh, Darkened
2: Sky. I was going to say, is it the Skittles game? It is. The Skittles game Darkened Sky was actually a pack-in on a couple of versions where you could get uh, both these games, Outlaw Golf and uh, Darkened Sky, together because, you know, you need both Simon & Schuster games. Again, Simon & Schuster, (laughs) not a game company. It's a book company.
0: Well, if you're going for a complete collection of Simon and Schuster games, that won't take you too long to complete, but you can also pick up these games on Xbox, Windows, and PS2. Rates a 7 out of 10. Price today at around $10. None of these golf games today are super expensive. Uh, Hypnotics as a studio was acquired by Electronic Arts and folded into EA Tiburon, uh, which developed Madden, uh, the Madden NFL games, as well as the Tiger Woods PGA Tour series. So Hmm. the studio did get absorbed by EA and uh, was put onto sports games.
2: And put it on to more golf games after this, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Because I will say, Neil, I own this game, and I played this game a lot. Oh. And and it's actually a pretty good game.
0: I can see that. I can definitely see that. Like, it looks like it's a fun game. The Outlaw name was actually a thing for mm-hmm. a, solid, a solid three years, Mike. <laughs> we, but in those three years, we had seven games. There was two Outlaw golf games. Sorry, three Outlaw golf games. Outlaw golf, Outlaw golf, Holiday golf, and then Outlaw golf 2. We had three outlaw volleyball games and then one outlaw tennis game so this was like they they tried to make it a thing for sure
2: they did unfortunately this was the only outlaw game on the gamecube so again Mm. i don't believe this would have sold that well and uh again 2002 game neil and i just want to blow your mind for a second well you probably already know this now but i'll blow the listeners minds for a second the commentator Mm. in the game is none other than steve carell
0: yeah and steve carell
2: i couldn't believe this before you know when we were researching for this podcast uh that was one of the things i found out just through my research at the very beginning you know back in april 2020 and i was like oh my god is this is this true and so of course i had to buy the game went to my our local <laughs> game shop bought it for ten dollars just like neil said and yep he is and he does a great job and like he is honestly the reason why you should buy this game because it's just really funny hearing Steve Carell. He has a lot of lines. Like he was probably in the studio for a couple of days uh, to get these lines. And there's a couple of times where he laughs and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like Michael from The Office. Like it, it's just exactly him in that sense.
0: But it's funny you say that because like it's hard to imagine like now, but you think of Steve Carell and, you know, he's in everything. He was like he's key character in The Office. He's got the Despicable Me series tons of different movies, comedies, and serious movies. But in 2002, he hadn't really hit his mainstream success yet. Like, in 2002, he was still three years off from the 40-year-old virgin, still two years away from Anchorman. He was just about to be in Bruce Almighty, where he's not even the main character. He's, like, a fourth or fifth main character in that movie. Mm-hmm. So he was not, like, a main household name yet in this time. He was still just, a like, a bit character on tv shows and then i guess he did some stand-up comedy too so really just an early example of steve curl's work that he, he'll probably never do again like he's never going to do anything no. like this again for sure
2: no it's just really really cool i i again yeah. i would buy the game solely for that uh because it's very funny there are a lot of great heckles that he's he tells you and um, I wrote out a lot of pros and cons for this, Neil, because I have played it so much. Hmm. Uh, pros, genuinely a really fun game with easy to pick up controls. The controls being very similar to the later Tiger Woods games, which, of course, that makes sense now that you said that they were bought by them. Right. Um, <laughs> you can fight people when you get angry, uh, specifically your caddy, which I thought was, yep. uh, you know, it's, that's, that, that, that's bringing the outlaw to outlaw golf. I, I, I like that. Uh, of course, Steve Carell, commentator. It's everything I've ever wanted. Uh, the replayability <laughs> of it is massive. You can play this game over and over again because of the simplicity of it. Uh, having mulligans is great. Uh, you can like kind of set how many mulligans <laughs> you want to have, just at however many do overs. You can set it to unlimited per hole or just one per hole. I like setting it per one per hole. That's that makes it a little, a little more fun, and uh, especially with golf, sometimes it can get a little, a uh, little tough to do because with your swing if you don't get that uh, joystick perfectly you know back and forward again and you go off to the side just a little bit uh, the ball is going to really slice and okay. really carry uh, so it is nice to have a mulligan sometimes for that you can heckle the other players uh, while they're <laughs> while they're going uh, while they're they're setting up to tee which is really funny you know kind of the opposite of golf culture right uh, you can say, you know you're gonna miss loser um and of course i like using the joystick to hit the the ball just like tiger woods rather than using the mario golf style of clicking a and then
0: a again i don't love that in mario golf i was going to talk about that back in the tiger woods uh, chat. I'm glad that you brought it up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just it, it's not as precise enough, especially when you are putting. Like yeah. you know, you you want to hit the ball lightly, but you end up just hitting the buttons wrong, and then you end up <laughs> smacking the ball 30 yards. Yeah. Uh, it's really frustrating. So
2: definitely swinging on the joystick is the way to go. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. in this game too, the putting isn't completely BS like in mm-hmm. most golf games. <laughs> uh, they actually did a pretty good job of it. Of uh, you kind of see the track once, and then it fades away pretty quickly. So you kind of have to memorize where that track would have been. A little similar to the Tiger Vision, actually. Okay. Yeah, That's really cool. Before Tiger Vision.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It, I mean, like you said, they did eventually fold the studio in and then make Tiger Woods games. Yeah. So I guess that that makes a lot of sense. One part of the game that I really like that's different from uh, the Tiger Woods games, maybe you're going to get to it, is the composure meter.
2: Uh, uh, that... So I like it, but it's it's actually a con for me, Neil. Okay. How How so? Well, I don't you don't really ever understand or are told how it works. Mm, <laughs> so okay. you can you know you can hit a great shot and you'll go up a little bit on the composure meter. But okay. uh, as soon as you hit anything that's remotely a bad shot, you just immediately go way down. Like you'll oh, okay. lose your entire green bar and go to red. Mm. And that was something I didn't love. And when you're at red, the nice thing is is that you can uh, fight uh, the caddy.
0: Right. I was going to say that, that that's what I liked about it was just that like it, when your composure drops towards a certain point, the only way to regain your composure is to either play better or you can beat up or humiliate your caddy. Like I just think that that idea is really funny. I'm sorry that it wasn't executed properly because that, that's a great idea for any sports game really is to add composure because that's a huge part of any sport is like your 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 mind.
2: I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just wish it was done a little better and, and would make a little more sense. Uh, but, um, you know, it's okay. But I do want to talk about the cons. It's the most 2000s game ever, for sure. Like, the characters are basically offensive at this point. Uh, They're, like, some... There's a lot of weird characters. There's, like, a dominatrix in this game. Uh, Mr. Suki. That was, like, a very strange one. The, uh, The guy, or, like, they have different people narrating the holes... Uh, Similar to Tiger Woods, where they have someone saying, like, you know, this is a par four. This is, you know, a sand trap on this side, blah, blah, blah. They tried to go way too far. They would have, like, um. You know, clearly like a white guy doing ibonics almost being like, Yo man, this is a par four. <laughs> oh my and it's it really cringy. And then they would have like, ah, oh, like a Ditzy girl being like this, like, yeah, this is like a part five and it's really far for me. And, and so it's just it does not age well at all. And honestly probably wasn't great at the time either. Yeah. Uh very dark game. Like it's really hard to see anything.
0: Literally dark. Yeah, yeah
2: literally dark. You know, you, you talked about Springer's Golf being bright and saturated and everything like that, like vibrant colours. Uh, this is the opposite. Just a dark game, and this was you know more typical of GameCube games at the time.
0: Yeah, like, like kind of like what we talked about last week, even with uh, uh Need for Speed Underground being like the fluorescent bright colors uh, at yeah. night, and then going over to Most Wanted, which is a bit more like browns and yellows and beiges. That's what this game is just like it is a huge change going from the tiger woods games that look photorealistic to a point to this one which looks like the textures are not very well detailed and yeah everything's gray like it constantly looks like you're golfing on an overcast day which is like yep. the, the worst time to golf <laughs> at least for like the the park looking nice uh it's probably better for actually playing i don't know i don't golf obviously uh this seems like the type of game that you'd probably rent for like your party your birthday party weekend with your friends you're having a sleepover let's rent outlaw golf and have some laughs because it's kind of like jackass it's in yeah. That era of the Tony Hawk Undergrounds and the BMX Triple Xs, where everything needed to include a <laughs> you know a stripper and a gangster and a dominatrix or whatever to make it funny.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly, Neil. That's exactly it. And you know, my final thoughts on this game. This game is genuinely fun, but for me, there's a big miss here of making this a whole Wild West golfing experience. Mm, you know, I I could have liked this more of a more a violent su- a Super Mario Golf Rush. Okay. Uh, that would have been really fun. You know, when you're actually like having those, like, if, like you're all going on this at the same time and then like hitting each other. That would have been really cool. Yeah, uh, I can see that. It, just beating up other players rather than just your caddy. Hmm. Um, and uh, I, I would have loved to have this is something I, I want every golf game. I would have loved to have a golf cart mode.
3: Ooh, you know, okay. Where you just
2: like- are driving on the golf cart and hitting people and like into like a little <laughs> bit of a racer as well. Um, there's a golf cart mode in Over the Hedge, which is cool. so much fun. And it's just like a small mini game. And I would have loved to have this in Outlaw Golf because it would have just been perfect to incorporate uh, a, like a cart racer demolition game uh, into a golf course. That would have been my ideal.
0: I'm sure that that's something you can do in GTA five is my cop-out answer for that. <laughs> but I'm just trying to see right now, like, was there ever a golf cart game, like a standalone golf cart racing game? I don't think I'm so. looking it up right now. Like there's I'm right. There's a GTA five thing. Uh, there's something in Fortnite to do with golf cart mini racing. Sure. Uh, but like, just like I can picture that being like an N64 game, like an, a cart, I think that would be a perfect idea for a uh, an indie game, like an N64 style cart racing game where you're just racing golf carts on either like world courses or in these types of courses with uh, with like fake characters in Outlaw Golf, like wrestlers and, and people running around and you can actually hit them because it's okay because they're not real people.
2: <laughs> oh man, I would love that. I would love that, Neil.
0: And bring Steve Carell back to announce it, of course. Please. <laughs> Please. But let's hit the back of the case here for Outlaw Golf and we will move on to our closing thoughts Let's do it. All right. This ain't your daddy's golf game. Outstanding golf meets strippers, ex cons, and wannabe rappers. That's it. That's the American or British (laughs) version of the back of the case here. Uh, There's tour mode, outlaw range, exhibition mode, composure response system, stellar golf engine. I don't know about that. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah so that's it for all of the golf games i think we've covered all the golf games now on the nintendo gamecube
2: yes we have they are all covered they are done golf is done for us until we meet again of course i'm sure we'll talk about it at some point down the road but uh neil for you i'm gonna say right now tiger woods pga tour 2005 and outlaw Golf golfer my recommendations what are your recommendations today
0: yeah, I, for me, the Tiger Woods games, I don't know. Like, they they all are just so they're all similar good. to me. They're all good. Like, I, I like the look of 2004. I thought that game looked pretty good. And even 2003, uh, when sports games are this similar and, like, it's all Tiger Woods, it's just a different year, I'd be tempted to own one of them. But really, which one, I don't really care either way yeah uh which one was it we were talking about that incorporated the um like the retro the older golfers was that 2006
2: i think 2006 that's right yeah
0: yeah 2006 that's the expensive one too that's the 25 one so just for that i i might look into 2006 but uh yeah 2004 2005 i'm probably leaning towards and then like you, the Outlaw Golf is a, an absolute, like, just random gem to pick up. It is offensive by today's standards, unfortunately, but to have this little piece of Steve Carell's acting career I think is really neat. And yeah. obviously we're both heavily influenced by announcers in sports, uh, both games, real life, and movies. Uh, and to to see, like, a comedian doing it is really fun to watch and listen to.
2: Yeah, he, like, he does a great job. He does not mail it in whatsoever. It, it's yeah. just a fantastic performance, honestly.
0: Yeah, hailing from the most sexy, exotic locale on the planet, Tijuana. Like, it's just funny little <laughs> one-liners like that. I love it. It's really good. And yep. then you have the serious ones from the Tiger Woods games. Um, but yeah, any of those games, I think you can probably pick up and, uh, and be totally fine. So I guess we can talk about the future of golf games on on Nintendo if we can. Uh, more specifically, I guess, the realistic golf sims. We know that we're going to see indie golf games like Golf Story continue to come out on Switch. We're supposed to see the sequel to that come out later on this year. Where do you see the uh, the more golf simulation games going forward? The Tiger Woods and the Rory the Rory McIlroy games.
2: <laughs> uh, they will keep coming out, I think so, because uh, I was surprised but happy that the 2K game, Uh, came out for the Switch and I think did pretty well Mm -hmm. or better than they expected is was what I I read at first Uh, the game does have its problems Uh, it is a little glitchy for sure just because it's a big game for the Switch to run but uh, I'm really glad that 2k did decide to port it and put it on the Switch so I believe that they will probably do it again when they put out the next golf game um ea probably will not because it's ea right uh they will probably just stick to putting it on other consoles so we'll have the console wars on that side instead and Hmm. nintendo will probably just have 2k for as long as it sells
0: yeah 2k does a pretty good job of supporting nintendo i think that they also put out the wrestling games on switch too
2: they do they do yeah although they're not great (laughs) No, no
0: no like for better or worse they do put their games out on switch uh Bless them for trying, but unfortunately, I think you need to make a game that's only made for Switch, like made by a different studio and everything. Uh, to make sure it runs properly, even if it's not coming out day and date. PGA Tour 2K22 is coming out this year. It's slated for this year, but the date and platforms are still to be announced. So Mm -hmm. we'll have to see if it comes out on Switch. I imagine it will if they got the last one to run. I'm assuming that they're just going to use the same engine. I don't think that we're ever going to see any of the games we talked about today on a future Nintendo console. Uh, EA has pulled a lot of these golf games from their digital store shelves. So... Uh, the odds of them coming out on Nintendo hardware, even as a port or a remaster, are like less than 0% for me.
2: Yep. Yeah, I agree, Neil. Yeah, Unfortunate,
0: but at least they're very cheap to pick up on the GameCube. So listeners, if you throw a stone in a retro video game store, the odds are you're going to hit a golf game. So go out <laughs> there and pick up one of those games. But Mike, while I'm throwing stones inside of retro video game stores, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 90 of the GameCube was Cool podcast.
2: On episode 90, we have made it to the 90s, Neil, our favorite oh. decade, and uh, we will be, of course, talking about Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door, nice. um, one of our favorite games for the GameCube, one of often the best rated games for the GameCube, always in the top five games. Um, this is just such a gem. Paper Mario is a great series, You know, starting off with the N64 version, and then arguably getting even better with the GameCube version, and... Yeah, we're just really excited to talk about that. It's going to be a two-parter, Neil. We're going to split it up
0: yeah it's a big game it's a big series so it makes sense to split it up both episodes will be going live on the same week so you won't have to wait a week to hear our closing thoughts on paper mario it is a great series it's a very divisive series the games have their ups and downs no doubt about it but i'm really excited to talk about the earlier games in the series obviously and mm-hmm. yeah the gamecube game is going to be a ton of fun to cover i think on our very first episode when we when we made our top 10 gamecube games i failed to put thousand year door on my list and that was Yikes. one of those games where i was like oh crap i forgot a game Uh, So when we eventually make our revised top 10 lists, I'll have to be sure to add it because I absolutely adore Thousand Year Door. It's one of the few RPGs that I have played and loved from start to finish.
2: That's true. That's true, Neil. Yeah. But until then,
0: ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 89 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us a five star rating and a review so we can make the show better. You can support The GameCube Was Cool on Patreon. Thank you to everyone over there who does support us. You can then follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. We are at The GameCube Pod, and you can now join the conversation on our Discord channel. We are at The GameCube Was Cool. Share us with your friends and family. Tell Tiger Woods. Mike says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. See you later. Hey, sports It's in the game. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you
2: think inside the box. GameCube.
0: Vic is a retired voice actor for background characters and failed Nickelodeon pilots. Victor comes from a long family history of Irish golfers. Victor was disowned by his family after he told them he'd prefer to be a caddy over an actual golfer. He now works outside of the Tim Hortons at Young and Dundas Square, offering people tips on what to order for breakfast based on their height and the weather.